John chapter 10, verses 1 through 21. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another week of virtual worship. Uh, This image popped into my head this week as I thought about it, what it could look like to worship virtually together in the future. Let's hope it actually never comes to this. Well, I'm so glad that you have joined us today. Worship is a rhythm within the life of a Christian, those who follow Jesus. Over the last several weeks, we have heard the word essential constantly being discussed in terms of the current health crisis facing our country and our world. And this has caused us to discern what is and what is not essential. Well, I want to affirm what many of us who follow Jesus already know to be true. Our need to worship privately and collectively is essential. The how we worship collectively has recently been altered, but the why we worship 
never changes. The words of the Westminster Confession remind us why we worship. Our primary purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. We do this when we wake up and begin our day connecting with the Lord in the morning, possibly in prayer or the study of God's word. We do this when we take a walk and enjoy creation. I know this is happening every week when people to gather together on Zoom to meet and talk about, share prayer requests, to encourage each other to follow in the way of Jesus. And this continues to happen when we gather together in person remotely to express our needs, feelings, and adoration in worship to God. For followers of Jesus, our lives find meaning, purpose, and clarity through the expression of worship. To say worship is essential is an understatement. It is crucial, imperative, and indispensable for the life of a Christian. We are living through a season of heightened fear for our physical well-being. The brink of economic crisis and job loss creates anxiety. Isolation and loneliness create stress. Wondering when or if things will ever get back to normal is a constant thought in our minds. There are many voices occupying space in our minds and hearts, but there is only one voice, and typically it is a quiet voice, that offers compassion, guidance, provision, protection, and abundant life. It is the voice of Jesus, our Good Shepherd. Well, today is week four of our current sermon series, The Easter Way. This is the good news of Easter that we proclaim together. Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. The Apostle Paul reminds us that Christ's resurrection has great implications for our lives today, saying that we too have been raised with Christ. Christ's victory over death has given us a new life. So here are a couple questions for us to ponder as we reflect upon the resurrection and its impact on our own lives. How does the reality of the resurrection lead to changes in your everyday life? How do we access all that is available to us through Christ's resurrected life? Each week during the season of Easter, we will attempt to answer these questions and look at the implications of Christ's resurrection for our lives today. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to each of us today. This is what we call the good news. When Jesus was born, the good news was announced to a group of shepherds. This is fitting because Jesus grew up and would later refer to himself as the good shepherd for his people. Now, the reason this is so important is people often think about God as being far off and distant, existing away from us. But that is anything 
but true. People sometimes think that religion is a bunch of doctrine and beliefs that we are supposed to believe in, rules that we are supposed to follow to perfection. But that too is not true. God is a person, and God wants a relationship with us. The example Jesus would use to talk about God wanting to care for us was using the image of a shepherd caring for their sheep. In fact, the Bible talks about sheep more than it does any other animal in Scripture. In fact, there are 200 references to sheep and about 120 references to shepherds in Scripture. Do you want to know how many times cats are referenced in Scripture? I think you know the answer. A big fat zero. You can look it up. And so I'm just saying, maybe that should tell us something about how God feels about cats. Well, back to sheep. They are cute animals and their wool is a valuable commodity that is often harvested. But they aren't very high on the animal intelligence totem pole. In fact, sheep are quite dumb. Maybe this is why so often we are compared to sheep in scripture. Well, when my kids were young, they had a favorite cartoon that focused on a sheep. Many of you know it. It's called Shaun the Sheep. Sheep and shepherds are in the Bible because they tell us something really important about the human condition. Sheep need a shepherd. There are other kinds of animals that run wild, wild dogs, wild horses, wild boar, but there is no such thing as wild sheep. Sheep need guidance. Sheep tend to make bad decisions, and we're that way too. That's why the prophet Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. Several years ago, in a village in eastern Turkey, there was a flock of sheep whose shepherd wasn't with them. One of the sheep went off a cliff. Guess what the rest of the sheep did? You would think that one of them would have said, I don't know about this. Everybody keeps going over the cliff, but nobody seems to be coming back. Perhaps I should pause and reflect before I mindlessly go over the edge with the others. Well, as you know, sheep don't think this way. They just think, well, Sam went over. There goes Peter too. I guess I'll join him. Have you ever just gone with the flow, even when you felt unsettled by the situation? I know that I have done this thousands of times over the course of my life. Everybody else thinks this is a good idea. Sure, I'll go along with it. I'll be a slave to what other people think about me, flirt with temptations I know will harm me, neglect God, neglect other things that matter to me. I'll go over that cliff. The voices in our head to conform and go with the flow increase in intensity over time when there is no voice to quiet them and counter 
the cultural narratives we face. There are lots of voices, but there is only one good shepherd. We are told in the Bible, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You see, everybody needs a shepherd. Your shepherd is whomever or whatever you are trusting your life to. Your shepherd is whatever you're counting on to take care of you, to watch out for you, to make your life worthwhile, comfortable, maybe to guide you. If you were to reflect on your life in this very moment, how many of you might claim that my job is my shepherd? My retirement plan and financial savings is my shepherd. A certain substance that I don't have control over is my shepherd. This relationship is my shepherd. Or my achievements and the recognition that comes from them are my shepherd. We all have a shepherd. We are all listening to voices. So I want to suggest that you choose your shepherd carefully. It has huge implications. And because when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and trust me, you have, you will, your job, your money, your success will not have much to offer you. But here's the good news. If you want, you can have Jesus for your shepherd. Jesus would say to you, I am your good shepherd. And maybe you have heard of hospitals or churches, some schools that have been named Good Shepherd. This is where that title comes from, right here in the Gospel of John, where Jesus is real and where he wants to care for you, speak to you, watch over and guide you, and be the ever-present Lord and leader of your life. Now, this does not mean that nothing bad will ever happen to you if you follow Jesus. Last time I checked, Christians are getting sick with the coronavirus, and Christians are dying. But it does mean this. Whatever happens to you, whether you get sick or have any type of hardship, you will never face it alone. But you will have the Good Shepherd with you, guiding you, speaking to you, a voice in your life. And Jesus talks about this in the most personal way. Here's what Jesus said. The sheep listen to the shepherd's voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. Just like sheep come to know, trust, and follow the voice of their shepherd, you can come to know and follow the voice of Jesus. You can learn to know his voice by getting a Bible and reading his word. Read about his matchless life 
all the things that he did for humanity. You can study his teaching and seek to do what he says as an example. Ask him for his help, and you will come to know his voice. Pray to him every day. Ask him to strengthen you. Tell him what's on your heart. Surrender to his will. You will come to know his voice when you do this. When you do something wrong, and you're going to do things wrong, confess these things to him freely. Ask for forgiveness. Ask the Lord, how can I make amends for what I have done wrong? Who do I need to possibly go and apologize to? When you do this, you will know his voice. God doesn't just want you to know his voice. He also wants you to know and experience his love. This is a beautiful picture. Jesus said this about the good shepherd, that he calls his sheep out by name. He knows us personally. Now, when Jesus says this, it means we are known individually by God. It's not just God so loved the world, blah, blah, blah. No, it is God so loved Elizabeth, or God so loved Dan, God so loved Adam, God so loved you. God is not neutral about you. God is not distant from you. God loves you because God made you. And because of this, God desires to speak into your life as your shepherd, to guide you, to nurture you. But this is always an invitation. It is never forced upon us. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus did that for the people he loved. Jesus died on a cross to express the depth of God's sacrificial love for the forgiveness of my sins and yours, to give us all a fresh start, a new beginning, through the hope of the resurrection. I want to invite you today to make Jesus your good shepherd. Maybe there's been a time in your life where you have done this in the past. Maybe you have never formally done this. But like many lost sheep, you have wandered astray. But don't worry, you are not alone. But you also don't have to remain living separate from the good shepherd and his voice of guidance. Here's how we respond to Jesus's invitation to be our good shepherd. Just a couple closing thoughts. One is this, ask Jesus for forgiveness for all the ways that you have screwed up, made mistakes. Tell him that from now on, it is your intention to live under his care, to follow and listen to his voice. Ask Jesus for forgiveness. Two, talk with Jesus every day. This is just simply prayer. I have found that during this season of shelter in place that uh, I've simply had more time as you have more time. And I have tried to give more time and attention to my prayer life. And you know what? The more often I spend that time in conversation with God, the more often 
I sense God's presence and hear God's voice. So for God to be, Jesus to be our good shepherd, we need to ask for forgiveness in the areas where we have gone wrong, and we need to dedicate ourselves to a life of prayer and communication. And the last is this. We need to find a flock, a group of people who, like us, want to listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd. Find a group of people. Maybe you have a group of people and you just need to take that next step towards pursuing faith together. That's what our desire is to be here as a church, to be the flock of Jesus living in the world, following the Good Shepherd, listening to his voice. If you do this, if you make Jesus your Good Shepherd, here is the promise, the promise that comes from Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You will be with God forever in this world and in the next life to come. That's what it means to make Jesus your good shepherd. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Jesus to earth. There are lots of voices, but only one good shepherd. I pray for everybody who needs a shepherd today. They, they will come to know, love, listen to you, and follow Jesus as their good shepherd, in whose name we pray. Amen.